0: Yeah, yeah. Nothing was that you starting that. the recording or something? <laughs> <laughs> that that's, how we're,
1: that's how we're introducing
2: this week's episode. <laughs> I'm Dan Eden.
0: I'm Ian Simmons. Ninety movies under ninety minutes.
1: Two
3: hundred 69. forty-six sixty-nine. One oh five. Five. 127 12 15 14 14 four, 25,000 14 3 75 15 yeah. 15 See
1: if you bastards can do 9 Okay guys
2: <laughs> We all took a deep breath Okay <laughs>
1: Today on our show, clocking in at 83 minutes, we're talking about 1990's Ghost Dad, directed by Sidney Poitier. All right, this is going to be a controversial episode. Listeners, if you are offended by two and a half white men talking about a movie with a predominantly black cast, you may want to tune out now. If you are offended By the fact that we are talking about Bill Cosby as a person, you might want to tune out now. If you are offended by Bill Cosby and possibly Sidney Poitier impressions throughout this episode, you might want to tune out now. And perhaps the most controversial element of this whole episode is going to be this, guys. I kind of liked this movie.
0: I i'll'll I'll jump on that uh, that enjoyment bandwagon, probably not for legitimate reasons, but <laughs>
2: <laughs> And also trigger warning, you know if you're easily offended by ghost talk, which yes, I know some people are.
1: Some people really don't want you to badmouth the paranormal.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but, hey, you know that might be happening. We don't know.
0: I'm pretty sure no one on this call is dead, so I think it'll be okay.
2: I got a lot of shit, though, to talk about ghosts, you know. <laughs> uh,
0: well, this is it's special because this is also the 30th anniversary of Ghost Dad. Oh, so that's, that's
2: right. We planned that. It's a big deal. 30 years.
0: Well, this came out on June 29th, 1990, the day before my birthday. I don't know how this was not my birthday movie that year. It's <laughs> birthday, Ian.
2: That's oh, thank happy. you. <laughs> So, did you love it? Did you go see it on your your birthday?
0: No, I I missed it. I think I think by the time my birthday rolled around, one day later, it already vanished from theaters.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just between states. That's all. Like uh, Illinois and
0: Wisconsin? what are you talking about here?
2: I don't I was going for Yeah, we'll go for that. <laughs> there's some there's a joke somewhere, a bad one somewhere in there. Um, Jerry, you kinda liked it. I'll say this movie's got a lot of heart, you know? A lot of heart to it, and I like that about it. Uh is Bill Cosby on par with like uh, Robin Williams and Mrs. Doubtfire? No, no not no. exactly
1: two very different uh comedic for one of them is a tornado and the other one is a
0: windstorm that goes <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, yeah this is this is such a strange movie. I realize I have not I don't know how many movies Bill Cosby actually made. Uh, I know there was Leonard Part six right. and this and there's probably some others that I'm that I should be thinking of. but well,
1: if I may, he uh, there were at least uh, two or three other ones that were directed by Sidney Poitier that he was in and they were they were in this they took they were uh, they were shot in the 70s. So, like, I don't know how many movies he made in the 70s, but like, yeah, apparently he had a movie career even back then. I mean, he was a huge star, you know, even in the 60s. So
0: I know I just mostly know him from TV, like uh, like uh, I spy and and Cosby show, of course. Um right. But there's just something about this movie in particular. I'm like, he's not bringing any of the. Control or charisma that he had on television—it's like this is the excuse to go full like weird Jim Carrey mode or something—and I didn't like it. I I liked pretty much everything in this movie except for Bill Cosby, and it's weird because I was thinking, especially during that last uh, you know 30 minutes, this would be great for a remake if someone were to take a different approach to the material because some of the ideas in here were solid. I mean, we're gonna sure. talk full spoilers as we always do, but. Like, the idea of, and maybe you guys have seen this, I haven't seen it, so my mind was kind of blown, the idea of a ghost story where the ghost isn't actually dead, and he kind of comes back to life at the end, I didn't Mm -hmm. see that coming. Hmm.
1: I don't know that I
2: have either, but... Oh, spirit has got to find its body, get reunited, uh, yeah, I haven't seen that too, I can't think of too many times I've seen that in film, maybe in TV a couple times, but, uh, Yeah, it's rare. And I like I like that aspect about it, too. It wraps up pretty nicely at the end.
0: Yeah, especially because there's that nice twist. And I know I'm jumping way ahead, but you think Mm -hmm. that the last 15 minutes is going to be them going to find the body like down by the river where they thought it was. But it turned out to be this whole other story that's introduced. And it's kind of kind of lovely. But yeah.
2: It is, uh, it is. In- I did not end the way I thought it was going to end. And the whole time I'm thinking, because they mentioned this, uh, we're going to get into it in a minute, this banquet. I'm like, when are they going to get to the banquet that they keep <laughs> talking about? Even though he's disinvited, I figured he'd find a way to get to that banquet. And he'd
1: make such a splash that the bosses from the banquet would be like, how could you not invite this man to the
2: banquet? <laughs> he's such a dashing man. There's no way he'd rape any of our wives.
1: <laughs> it would just. It would just be the end of Nutty Professor, but, yeah, with
0: with a rapey element to it. (laughs) Okay, so is that a record? We're five minutes in. We've already had the R word twice.
2: We got us. You know, we're we're just taking the cap off, and we're just smelling the wine right now just a little bit here. We're letting it breathe.
0: I guess, to be
1: fair. Uh, Pun
2: intended, I guess, regarding (laughs) drinks. I guess Spanish
0: time flies when you're having fun.
2: Sorry. (laughs) Oh, God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Uh man. Yeah, I guess I didn't warn people about I mean, yeah, I, I gave them warnings. But uh yeah, if you're if you're offended by the subject matter that you just heard, just just don't even bother with this one. Just skip it. We will be back with a wholesome episode next week. I assure you.
2: Yeah, it's true. It's true.
0: I was going to say, you did put the Cosby warning out there, and I don't think there's anybody who's going to listen to a Cosby trigger warning and think that you're talking about, you know, we're going to be covering wholesome 80s family comedies. <laughs> yeah. Stand back if you don't want to hear about it.
2: And we're yeah. not. We're just going to totally gloss over his many, many uh, crimes.
0: <laughs> Alleged crimes. Oh, sure. <gasps> but he's doing time. <laughs> for, for like one of them. No. Uh, it, I'm sure it was, it was just one bad day.
2: Yeah, yeah. That's all it takes too. Is if we learned anything from uh, that Joker origin story, yeah, the killing Which, joke. B- by
1: the way, I uh, haven't had a chance to even share this with you. I thought it was overrated.
2: The movie or the book?
0: Uh Joker, the movie.
2: Oh, Joker. Yeah. You you were talking about The Killing Joke. You know, I had a feeling Jerry you weren't going to like Joker very much.
1: <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but I was also like, what's the big deal? This isn't as like this isn't amazing. Like, I don't know. I mean, he's fun to watch though.
2: I I've cooled off on Joker myself since it came out. I watched it probably two more times and uh, I did, I'm not as hot on it as I was when I saw it in the theater to be honest.
1: Uh, yeah, I watched this was Father's Day weekend. I watched a bunch of movies. <laughs> That were like
2: leave me alone, kids. Leave me alone, wife. I am watching Joker. <laughs> oh, oh
1: God, no! It doesn't stop there, you guys. I watched Knives Out. I watched uh, 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 what's the uncut, uncut gems. gems, and I watched uh, Joker all in one weekend. I did not get to watch Shazam, which was going to be my buffer to like to like recharge myself to something more, uh, uh, you know, family friendly. And, yeah, I liked Knives Out, but I thought Uncut Gems was overrated, and I thought Joker was overrated, too.
2: jer has got some hot... T- you know, the takes are always hot on 90 Under 90. Yeah. And the drink The take- always cold.
1: Jer's drama takes are always hot because he doesn't like anything that everybody else likes. <laughs> he only likes mainstream comedies and Marvel movies, like movies that have toys in them.
2: <laughs> um. Such a well, that,
0: that that's a hell of a triple bitch. feature for a Father's Day uh, weekend because it's all movies about daddy issues. That's perfect.
2: Yeah, actually, yeah, that's actually perfect. Just a fucking uh, bleak
0: ass weekend.
2: Bleak ass. Happy week. Happy
1: Father's Day. Oh my God, it was it was depressing, and there was so much gunfire and f bombs flying everywhere. It was like a
0: and that's outside like f- your house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh um anyway. but i i do recommend uh shazam C- catch up with that one
2: dude i was gonna say this move this episode or this show 90 under 90 is a very like lately a very shazam heavy show and if there was like a book version of this podcast in the index shazam would have several pages like, throughout. <laughs> like
1: wow look at how many annotations this gets shazam is mentioned yeah. more than anything else on this show <laughs> More than the word podcast, they've talked about Shazam.
2: Mm-hmm. It's true. So should we get it, get get into it like Bill Cosby got into it all the mm-hmm. all those many times? Uh you know, supposedly, I guess he's he's serving time for some of them. Yeah. Look,
1: let's just let's just admit that um he he is guilty. Uh, I
2: said on the show before, I hope he dies in prison, personally. Uh, that's my hot take there. So- I'm sorry to anybody. Like, too many people, like, I separate the artist from the work. I think what he's done is, is amazing in terms of stand-up. Uh, I think he's a pretty shitty person. <laughs> I think he's a pretty bad person. And I don't yes. think we should let people slide for that shit. So, there it is. Yeah. Um.
0: Um, Sorry. especially cause this movie does this, is the first, or the, actually the second note I wrote down after the, the universal, uh, logo montage, which I had forgotten about cause this mm. movie is old.
1: Well, yeah. Once I saw 1990, I was like, Oh, I'm excited. It's going to be, we're going <laughs> to see the montage.
0: But I wrote down the movie opens with Cosby helping a young girl fall
2: asleep. <laughs> uh. oh. <laughs> Just
1: writing (laughs) when you put it in that context, like, come on, man, like I have to like when you watch this movie, that's the thing, too, like watching this movie now you have to you immediately have like the radar up and you're like, I am waiting. I'm just looking for anything that is even vaguely like uh, off putting about this. And I'll be honest, I didn't make that connection. But now you just ruined yeah. the rest of the entire movie
0: for me. You're welcome. That's that's pretty much all the notes I wrote down.
3: That's how this relates best. To- I've said this so just just is Benadryl. Go to sleep.
2: <laughs> you can also look at the index for ninety. That the word "stinker" and Ian Simmons, are, they're in there because Ian is a stinker on this show. He, no. <laughs> but we love him. Uh, so, I don't think
1: we've ever used the word stinker though. I've obviously. called him a little stinker on this oh. show
2: before. <laughs> uh all right, so let's op- let's open it up here. Let's really let's get into it here, guys. Yeah. Uh it opens like many movies do. Chopper shots throughout a cityscape with all credits roll.
1: Yeah, I'm like, my god, is this an act is this lethal weapon? What's going on here? Why are we <laughs> this looks I like
2: panic room where like the names are like on the buildings in giant letters as if they're they're, like they were made for the buildings like trump tower or something it happens a lot like a lot of credits like devil wears prada just uh uh teenage mutant ninja turtles like so many cities.
1: Well, you know, you want to set the scene or, like, set the tone and the location for the audience, but, uh, you know, I, I like how sometimes movie producers are like, you know what people haven't ever seen before? New York. Show them some New York. <laughs> it's
2: its its own character in the movie. I really feel like it deserves its own montage at the beginning of the movie, you know? Yeah. Uh. So chopper shots throughout a cityscape. And I did not... I didn't know this was directed by Sidney Poitier. And, uh... Poitier.
1: Sydney Poitier.
2: Yeah, um, so we find ourselves after going through the traversing through the city. We find ourselves outside the Cosby residence, as far as I, the Huxtable residence, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Inside, he is he is lulling a little girl to sleep, his daughter, and we think he's in the room and he's reading a, a ghost story. Did you guys catch the title? I...
1: No, I couldn't. I couldn't tell with the font.
0: Yeah. It's like the Canterville ghost or something like that.
2: Yeah, it was like almost like the Canterbury Tales, but the Canterville ghost. Anyway, he's reading about a ghost and like, the ghost wanted to pull a prank,
3: so he opened the door and a bucket of water splashed on his head. Whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. And
1: and it's like, he's doing stand-up already in this movie? He's like, this is exactly what, like, this is about to turn into the dentist bit.
2: I, I can't, I, I it might be my limited leading comedian vehicles in the 90s, but I do, like, I compare this movie, I couldn't help it, to Mrs. Doubtfire because it's, like, a got a big hook. It's, like, a blockbuster for a comedian. Especially
1: and, when you get the back and forth where he's, like, trying to, like, pretend like he's actually there or he's alive. You get a lot of, like, it's it's a lot of, like exactly. the third act of Mrs. Doubtfire. I, I got the exact same vibe uh that mm-hmm. you did. It was, it was almost like Mrs. Doubtfire was just like, oh, no, I could do a version of this, but way better, you know, like... That's how it feels to me, even though it's oh, not at all the same.
2: Oh, drink this. Oh, oh. go to sleep.
1: <laughs> See, that's the thing. Robin Williams didn't need to use drugs. He just would do his act for like forty minutes when you're the only person in the room, and you. By that time, you're exhausted, and he's still going. You hey, fall hey, asleep.
2: Hey. Wake up! Wake up! Listen to my material. <laughs> so, we here's a here's the little uh, anyway. What I was gonna say is, uh, just like how Mrs. Doubtfire opens, it opens with that that him doing that cartoon bit, and he's giving us like eleven out of ten Robin Williams. Only he's doing he's singing Figaro, and it's uh, this is Cosby's version of that, which is it's mild and it's it's got a like a little twist. We find out that he is reading that. It's family uh, so, related
1: too. It's, yeah. it's it's a it's a parental uh, action, which is a lot of what his uh, '80s comedy was: is the actions of parents.
2: Mm-hmm. And and you, I gotta admit, there's some banter that's like straight out of Cosby Show between him and Diane later in the movie. That uh, it's just it's good. I, I I I would assume he had some kind of hand in his dialogue, but yeah, uh, we reveal. Sorry. <laughs>
3: <laughs> straight out of cosby
2: um so we got he we revealed that it's on a tape recorder and he has all these like pre-recorded messages for his family including his middle-aged son not middle-aged <laughs> he's, like, he's got a 45 year old son <laughs> he just took out a loan on a mercedes um Okay, so he's got the middle kid, he's a, he's the, the son and then he's got the eldest daughter and Who, there's no wife and there's no mom.
1: Yeah, the uh the middle kid uh well, let's say well, first of all, the little girl totally serviceable serviceable as a little girl serviceable character.
2: serviceable when it comes, don't say C- that it come comes on guys.
1: Don't like don't don't look for it in what I'm saying. Here, I'm not the bad guy. <laughs> okay, okay. I'm sorry. Um so yeah, no, she's totally fine. Like as a, as far as like what five six year old yeah no ki- yeah. characters go, the middle kid is great. I I I I thought the yeah. yeah the magician kid is great. The the neighbor boy who, who is kind of like douchey and like shows everybody up because he's like richer was yeah. also like really great. Um, and then the oldest daughter sucks. You know, she's like the oldest daughter. She she's terrible in this movie as as far as like performances go. Like no, like yeah, think like it's
2: because she's got the '90s like kind of like airy voice. Like what are you doing, Dad? You're never like thinking straight. Like there's, it's a lot so of daughters f- talk like that.
1: Yeah, movies. it's it's bullshit and. Uh, <laughs> I I don't I don't buy it. I never bought it as a kid watching any of of these older movies. I'm like something seems fake about this family. Yeah. Um, So yeah, no. But no, like as far as like the little boy, I believe like everything that he does. But like the this older daughter who's supposed to be like 17 or I don't know how old she is. She seems like she's a totally like come on, dad, let's go. (laughs) You have a different take. (laughs) Like fuck it. I you Um,
0: know I actually like. I had problems. The the actress, Kimberly Russell, she was on uh, an 80s sitcom called Head of the Class, which... I, I have, had not seen her since then pretty much. So when she popped up in Ghost Dad, I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I thought she was intermittently grating. And then towards the end, I thought she kind of opened up a bit more. I think she was just trying to be a bit more serious or like she was acting in a real movie. But then Cosby just kind of sucks all the energy out of it. <laughs> I was relieved because in that opening scene, when she's putting the younger siblings to bed, I was like, Oh, God, that's not the wife, is it?
1: I I thought that, too. I was like, if you yeah. expect me to believe this bullshit, like I'm out already. But no, thank God it was a little older, older sister.
0: Because yeah. she's it was one of the situations she was in, like, her early to mid 20s when she made this movie. So but she's playing 17, which was yeah. common back then. But now nowadays, especially you've got, like, older actors who are, you know, movie married to people who are 25. So it's like yeah, it's yeah. not unexpected.
2: Like, Adam Sandler, like, his wives just keep getting younger in all his movies. And he stays the same age. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. Uh, So, we reveal it's a tape recorder, and he has, like, every, not just one in the little girl's room, there's one in the son's room that he plays, like, right on time. And it's, like, and it has, like, realistic, for realism, like, timed out pauses for effect. See, so, okay, so, wait, how did you interpret that? magic tricks. What, sorry. How did you interpret that moment? He has different tape recorders with different siblings, and then like, I guess they have to wait for a certain time to play them, and then see there's pauses in them.
1: To me, I I I immediately read this as the little boy kind of almost being a smartass, because mm-hmm. like the you know like obviously they're used to their dad not being around, so they're like playing this tape recorder for the little girl, mm-hmm. and like you know it's bullshit response to the kid, to the older son. He's like, you know, good night, son. So I it was almost like, I'm not going to give you a real response. Like I'm going to pre-record my own response. Cause if you can't be here for this conversation, I can't be here for the fake conversation either. I I'm probably reading way too much into it. Man.
2: <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although uh, Dan, when you said there's tape recorders in every room, I immediately flashed to like Jeffrey Epstein and, uh, <laughs>
1: Or Bill Cosby. God, this is gonna be such a rapey episode, you guys. In so many he's ways, he's the
2: one who brought up Epstein.
1: I know. I'm just, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I'm, who, who I, I, I'm now warning himself. myself to get through this episode. This is gonna be so rapey. Only if you
2: want it to be. Whoa. <laughs> what? Why do I get a whoa? <laughs> so there's no mom or wife in the picture they don't tell us why yet they're saving that for a little bit later and anyway I think we can all agree no matter how what what we took from these tape recorders this is no way to raise your family it's all work 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 with these 90s dads isn't it I gotta go to the office oh I'm getting an ulcer I can't go to the recital I uh, you know?
1: Uh, they're always missing something for for work and it's something about the Uh, it's, it's those boomers, those boomers, man.
0: Yeah. It's very much like the Santa Claus or liar, liar, you know, movies that came later. The, the busy dad who can't connect with his kid, but then magic intervenes to make him see the error of his ways.
2: Um, next morning. Wait. Yeah, there's no yeah. mom-wife in the picture. They don't tell us why. Next morning, it's the eldest daughter's birthday, Diane. And just as he overhears as he's coming downstairs for breakfast that she suspects he forgot about the B-Day, he turns right around to improvise a cake with a top hat and shaving cream and a candle.
1: Ooh, and we get we get some real uh sitcomy music here. It's the, like...
2: Like...
3: But
0: I um, also noticed that that, that that little sustain there goes throughout like half of the rest of the scene. Did you notice that it just would not fade out? It was like, yeah. wah, wah,
2: wah. <laughs> just like... Sydney, Sydney's sitting in the edi- editing bag. Oh, stretch that out. No, really, yeah. stretch it out. I and then he started to talking about a... the music. What? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, is Poitier innocent? I don't want to throw him under the bus if we don't have to. I don't
0: either, but you know, he just got roped in, just like everybody else.
2: You know what? He's a rapist. Cosby's a rapist. The wow. governor's a rapist in <laughs> this movie. The bosses. That's
1: only true of one of the people that you just mentioned.
2: Allegedly. All no. allegedly. That's <laughs> what makes it safe. When you say allegedly.
1: Not when he's... <laughs>
2: So anyway, (laughs) I'm going to talk about some death edging in this movie. Okay. Cause there's a few moments in this movie where they're like, oh, 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 he's, is he going to do it? Oh, is he going to die? And so death edge number one is he slips on a, it's that sitcom dad thing where he steps on a roller skate going down the stairs.
3: Whoa. I thought I told you to pick these fucking skates up, you little fucking son of a bitch. I buy you these toys, and you play with them on the steps where people are walking.
2: (laughs) And he almost falls to his death, but he doesn't.
3: I almost died just now. (laughs) It's like
0: you guys are playing scenes from the movie. This is perfect.
3: And I don't have life insurance.
2: (laughs) And that's his dilemma in this movie. He doesn't have life insurance. And it's like, we find out later why, and it's very tragic. And you can kind of, since I've already mentioned a couple things already, you can glean why. But later we will mention it. So he gives the shitty cake to Diane. The candle remains lit for the longest time. And I'm starting to get anxiety, like, somebody please blow this thing out.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, my God, you couldn't even, like, spread the shaving cream on there to make it... You've already ruined the hat. Like, go go all out for it. Like, instead, it's just... just like he like he just well you know like just he
3: blow it already
2: nah. <laughs> 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 you gotta wake them up first though that's the dilemma anyway right right um oh god so he promises her his car which has a uh, grumpy i believe is the nickname he has for it when mm-hmm. he gets promoted, it's all. This movie should be called Thursday, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. It's all about fucking Thursday. Yeah. My God. If you and want. Thursday after next is the Yeah. Subject. If
1: mm-hmm. you need a time bomb in this movie, like, you get it immediately. Oh, my Just God. Just wait until Thursday.
2: <laughs> Everything is on Thursday, including this. Your banquet. mother
3: died on Thursday. <laughs> I get a promotion on Thursday. I go I to were... the afterlife on Thursday. <laughs> so she
2: can she can even drive the car today is the deal. Because she's so excited. She wants the car. She's what? how Like 16, 17 in this? Yeah,
1: yeah, she's turning 17.
2: And he meets some little, the Jer mentioned him, this snooty neighborhood kid. He is straight out of like just this genre of movie or sitcom. He just like this wiener. He wears glasses. He wears like a sweater it's... vest. He's yeah. like,
0: it's like uh, Keenan Thompson at that age if he was dressed up as Urkel for Halloween.
2: Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and he's bragging about his bike, and he says, "Yeah, oh, you're bragging about things you own that never happens." You're Republican, aren't you? And the kid's like, "Well, it's, uh, he kind of, he doesn't, you know, refute." So he goes, "Yeah, that's what I thought."
3: Fuck yeah, you, you're... you fucking right wing son of a bitch. You little Alex P. Keaton motherfucker. <laughs>
0: You know, that's the thing. Is this a PG-rated movie? This is. Yeah. Because the language in this, and I don't want to sound like the old dad, but there's there's a bitch tirade later on. There's uh, well, there's a whole bunch of language in here that I was very surprised. It's...
1: It's 1990 PG, which is, like, we're still figuring out what PG-13 is. Like, it took a while for everyone to be like, okay, we've got it now, okay? Here's what you can put... But there's still weird things that happen in, like, PG movies that are like, how did that get passed? And, like, I don't know. It's The rating board is just a bunch of fucking white people anyway that are just arbitrarily deciding what we can and can't watch for a certain rating, so, like, fuck it.
0: But here's the thing. It's Cosby, right? He... Is you know in charge of this thing, whether or not he wrote it or produced it or what, it's still a Cosby vehicle. Yes, it's his and, star power. Yeah, right. And so he's Mister Wholesome Family Project. Sure, so he should know that people are going to bring their kids because it's Bill Cosby, America's Dad. Let's bring the kids because this movie is full of children and it's mm-hmm. called Ghost Dad. And yet right. you're right. going to have bitch and damn it mm-hmm. and shit or whatever else they have going around here. And it's cock. just so strange. i didn't fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's the post credit scene.
3: Let's just get through them all. Shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cocksucker, motherfucker, tits, <laughs> fart, turn and twat. There you go. Borrowing a bit from a better comedian. I wrote that bit at Carnegie Hall. <laughs>
0: There's seven dirty words you can't say in Ghost Dad.
2: That's yeah. right.
3: But Everybody bitch is not kid. on the list.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, he meets the wiener kid, and, like, that sets up for later, because he's going to be a ghost, a titular ghost dad, okay? So the neighborhood hottie, single lady, her name is uh, Joan. She's uh, like lives, like, two houses down, and she is super thirsty for the cause. Like, she does not even need the drink, the spike drink. He, she's, he's got this one in the bag. Yeah. And uh, he pulls up, and he's in the passenger seat, and he's all like, I'm not looking to live long, and he points at his daughter driving, like, Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh dad jokes. And then he mentions the banquet, and i this is the first mention of this banquet. I'm like, all right, we're going to get to a banquet in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> all so, right.
1: Now, it's in terms me. of, like, on a scale of, like, you know, uh, an empty room to convenience store uh, where does a banquet rank on uh your opinion of like where where do you where really, do banquet
2: like a, a convenience store is a convenience store and that's what i like about them in most movies unless you're like in the south and everything's more wood and yeah. darker. <laughs> but like and not as fluorescent but at a banquet it really d- hinges on the set design like how much is it like a blue aesthetic is it like velvety red mm-hmm. like i really need to know these things like is an it outdoor Dunstan banquet checks in uh, what we about one? an outdoor banquet um yeah I'm, I'm pretty lax on outdoor banquets you know like like a picnic or something like how uh, ray fines eats in like quiz show with his family and like every other scene it's like i'm not sure about this quiz show thing <laughs> anyway how's the watermelon <laughs>
0: Brief detour. It, watch the movie Hair if you've never seen it. Hair. Uh, that uh, fantastic slobs versus snobs outdoor banquet scene. Ooh.
2: All right. Be- Beverly
0: D'Angelo's coming out party gets crashed by hippies. It's wonderful. Is it young Beverly D? Oh, yeah.
2: I got such a crush on young Beverly mm. D. This is going to be fun. All right. So, <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm thinking like Cosby here in my little devious. So um, we still on for the banquet. And uh, at work, we learn he does investment banking stuff, banquet, investment banquet stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is now, guys, I got to pull rank here. I work in the elevator industry, and these, those cables can lift tons. It's true.
1: The, uh, the construction no of this people. elevator is poor.
2: It is really, like, if they're investment bankers, I know this is a comedy, But them cables, they, like, one snaps, and then the other ones look just fine, but then suddenly, I guess because one snapped, the other one starts snapping, but this is Death Edge number two. He gets on the elevator with a bunch of his old white associates going, hey, Bill, let's talk about the other guy's wife, and then he says, oh, hey, other guy, and you think, like, he's going to get confronted about that, but he couldn't hear him. And then that's when the elevator snaps, and you like it, it. It does fall, doesn't it? Like the cart snaps off.
1: Yeah, and that goes nowhere. You don't hear that about that. It would have been nice to get like it's like it's a family comedy, so like right away there's tone to it. But it would have been nice to get like a nice little callback from the super angry boss later.
2: Yeah.
0: Like,
1: like you like, know, he could have just said something about yeah the elevator being like f- yeah. b- busting and whatnot, but and it had and, like,
0: like, that. They even had the classic, like uh Bugs Bunny cartoon, as the the yes. cables are snapping like ding ding, and just getting frayed. <laughs> but you glossed over the uh, the line about the dude's wife. It's again, this is this is flash forward to 2020 Cosby. If we catch you tickling Mrs. N- Mister Nero's wife in Macy's window, all bets are off. Oh my goodness! What do they think he's gonna do to this lady?
2: I don't know, but it involves making that face that we all know, where
0: he goes, oh. <laughs> we get it. We get it, quite the O oh face later on.
2: Yeah, uh, but like, also, I don't even care if the elevator doesn't like crash down at the bottom floor because that those they have brakes that are in place. But anyway. Uh, it's like final destination a little bit and, mm. and death wants bill cosby so yeah <laughs> this is the and this is like his death comes in the weirdest way it, he gets in a cab and it, he gets beetle
1: juiced basically
2: yeah except the driver is uh, a satanic fanatic and uh
1: which was like the the first big unexpected laugh of this movie for me. Like right up until then, it's like going along, it's like family comedy, and then this character shows up, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like I
0: know, man. it's uh... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, I feel uh... like he was driving that cab from uh, from Scrooged, right? That that it's like this yeah. weird, dirty, old timey cab. The only thing it was missing was the Christmas lights.
2: I yeah. wish uh, Bill Murray was the cabbie not the cabbie from scrooge but bill murray was the cabbie and can and he i wish he was also the bill cosby role and all the kids
0: <laughs> so, this movie totally would have been better if it had been bill murray
2: how yeah. i could yes have you heard of house of cosby it was like a cartoon that like an old justin roiland pre-rick and morty he did like and it was just a house of a bunch of bill cosby's <laughs> <God>. <laughs> No, it made me think of that (laughs) now since we're on the subject. So this driver is a satanic freak and like, I don't know how he got his license. I don't know how he keeps his license after this accident and continues his career, but he gets Cosby in the backseat. He speeds around and like, it's actually pretty good. If they shot it in a studio on green screen, it's pretty good green screen work. Like you see oncoming traffic come at them through the windshield and I'm buying it. Like that and you watch a lot of like Bond movies and shit, and granted they're like seventies, eighties, but like it looks so bad. This one, I'm actually my heart's actually pounding when I yeah. see the back windshield and stuff.
1: Yeah, it's not bad. As far as nineteen ninety goes.
2: <laughs> well,
0: speaking of Bill Murray, I kept thinking about the uh, the opening scene of Stripes when he's driving that lady
2: around and she's getting tossed around the back seat, and she's like,
0: I'm going to have your license taken away.
2: Yeah. Oh, so it, good. once again, why isn't the driver Bill Murray? Why isn't Bill Cosby also Bill Murray?
3: <laughs> House <laughs> of
2: Murray's. Oh, God.
1: Every day in the editing room, Sidney Poitier sat there and said, I should have gotten Bill Murray.
2: He's, By the way, he's the one who made the cable noises.
0: <laughs>
1: Sidney Poitier is that good of an actor, you bought him as elevator cables.
0: Mm-hmm. Did, did you also catch him as the uh, the DJ
2: on the local radio station? Was he for no, real? I, I didn't I'm,
0: catch I'm that.
2: pretty sure that was him. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, so this is like death edge number three as far as I'm concerned because it's building up to the death and there's a lot of close calls as the driver's leaning him into him he's like do you accept Satan as your, your leader and Bill Cosby's like he keeps quipping back at him like you know not lately have I considered it but I'm starting to now and like, it's
3: on my list of things to do
2: yeah shit like that and eventually like they spin on a bridge and it's a pretty high eleva- it's over uh like, how, how far of the drop do you think it is to this, like, lake that's down below? It's like 50 know. to 100 feet, somewhere in that area. It's, like, somewhere. a pretty low drop. And uh, it's intense because they're hanging off the edge. It is, like, a lot like Beetlejuice with the dog on the board balancing the car with the weight. Yeah. Except uh, in this context, Cosby is an idiot. He doesn't realize he's on the side of the car <laughs> that's right on the edge. So he gets out of his door, hangs off of, like, the handle... Climbs back into the car. He's still not dead. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, there's no way. He's still. (laughs) I mean, look.
1: You see Bill Cosby with the shirt off later in this movie. He does not have the upper body strength to hoist himself back up into the car.
2: (laughs) And he, but he does, and he gets back in, and he gets into the back seat, and the fucking driver. It's like a punchline. He he leaves his wallet on the front seat because he offered it earlier when he's speeding around. And he's like, oh, he's about to get out. And he says, I am Satan, by the way. Like, you're going to let me go. I command you to let me go. And that's kind of what makes him stop and spin out. But he's getting out, and he's like, oh, you forgot your wallet. And he leans, and that's when the whole car falls off the edge. And it's, it's a low drop. And uh, he presumably dies.
0: I thought they were going to go a different route, which is that he was going to accept Satan as his lord and master and then die. And he was going yeah. to get cursed as like the ghost dad because, you know, he's damned now or something. But no,
3: he's like, I am not going to accept Satan in the movie. Sydney. no.
2: I also thought that the driver was going to end up being Satan. Like, you know, what if Satan was one of us and he's a crazy cab driver? Uh-oh. You know, like in Bedazzled, how yeah, he's yeah. like just a prisoner in jail, how God is a, a convict, and he gives Brendan Fraser life advice. So he gets out. A cop pisses on his leg.
3: <laughs> and he
2: realizes pretty soon that he's not visible, because, and he's a ghost,
1: and this is the first big, like, Cosby overacting but trying to, like, play it for kind of real. Where he's like,
3: you're doing this on purpose, aren't you? Why are you doing this to me? Stop pissing out my shoes, sir! <laughs> sir! <laughs>
2: Why? The, cop, the cop's loving it, you know? He's uh, having a good old time pissing and... Cosby it's a I'll admit, I'll say this about the movie it's a pretty expedited way to get him to realize he's dead I like that the cop doesn't notice him pees in his direction through him basically and then a bus runs through him and uh, he goes through it and like his his uh, upper half of his body goes through the the bottom half of the bus and he, he goes like between an old lady's legs and the back of the bus that's kind of funny yeah that, that's the one thing I remember from the trailer from this movie from
0: 30 years ago was that thing where he's like cringing as he goes to that lady. It would have been a great payoff if after the bus had passed through him, he just like did a little spit out of his mouth.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Picked a hair out
1: of his teeth. Rated
2: C yeah. for Cosby. Uh, so a bus go he goes through a bus and uh, he denies that he's dead. Of course, that's one of the first stages. And uh, at home... He falls through his front door into his floor by, like, six inches. I don't quite understand the physics of this spirit uh, ethereal form. But, like, he's halfway under the floor and he's kind of, like, negotiating his way up by, like, like he's still using his ghost hands. But we'll find out later that he can make them more, like, solid if he just concentrates enough. So,
3: Mm
2: -hmm. yeah. It's, Yeah. It's weird.
1: Like we said, if you were offended by ghost talk, uh, I don't see ghosts doing this. This is bullshit, you guys.
2: Hey, hey, maybe yeah. if you read the fucking ghost manual, chapter 68, you'd find that ghosts form sometimes. They they can do that. I skipped right ahead to the next chapter because it's my favorite.
1: I just wanted to go straight to the thing where I could, make, I could draw the door and then knock and get into the afterlife. That's all I wanted to do.
2: <laughs> so, um... He falls through the door. He tells his kids he's a ghost with charades because uh, there are some rules here. When the lights are on, you can't see him. (laughs) Luckily, when he enters the room, (laughs) Ian laughs because, I don't know, maybe he's thinking about real Cosby in the dark. Yeah. (laughs) He (laughs) only comes out when the lights are off. Oh. oh, oh, oh. Um, So he tells his kids through charades, uh, you know, with the lights off because they can't, when he speaks, they don't hear him, because he has to practice and hone in on that as well as a ghost. I guess you have to telepathically speak and, like, really focus on doing so. And then you have to, like, if to not make it weird for your eldest daughter, you have to sink your mouth with your telepathic speaking, so it's like you're actually speaking to them.
1: Yeah, it's it's really dumb, like, this whole elephant, because then, like, I mean, it gets us to the next character, which is, like, a funny one, but like, yeah, this whole like, like, no, it's just like, it's like, here's something I can't do on my show. Like, and then he's just like,
3: oh, come on, Sydney, let me do it.
2: He's like, Bill, do you have any comedy shit you'd like to put into this script?
1: He's like, Bill, I'm a serious actor and I take this movie very seriously.
3: Oh, but I want to go, <laughs> I never get to do that. I never get to do it unless I'm in the stand-up and then I like, go oh, 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 oh.
1: I'm doing faces too, but people can't at home can't see it. It's
2: very expressive. Yeah. We should uh, we'll take many pictures. Yeah. Holy shit, you guys, have you looked at who wrote this movie? No, was it uh, who was it? All right. Uh, Jeffrey Brett, Epstein.
0: No. <laughs> no. Brent Maddock and SS Wilson, <clears throat> as well as Chris Reese, also known as Phil Alden Robinson who wrote Field of Dreams, <laughs> ah. Sneakers. Like, I think the sum of all fears, like,
2: wow. Well, it... somebody was going through a ghost phase with the Field of Dreams. <laughs> I guess so. I, the sneakers make
0: sense because Poitier was in that, but I did not expect anything like this from that guy.
2: Anyway, sorry. Speaking
3: of sneakers. <laughs> Badoom. Wow. That's
2: all you have to say when it comes to Bill Cosby. <laughs> uh so he tells his kid he's a ghost he he says he'll be around for them but nope he gets sucked up to heaven nope england he ends up in the uk london but he meets a man who has whose name is a bit and it's like his only bit his name mm. is edith and he keeps saying that's a girl's name, because edith his, name, is a is, boy's name. his name is edith
1: I I I What I like about this scene is... <laughs> I mean, it's also what I don't like about this scene is, like, Bill Cosby's, like... He's trying to, like... He, he's being given all this information about, you know, like, all this jargon from this guy who's, like, moving real fast, like Doc Brown fast, explaining his way through what's going on. And then he has the... He stops, and he's like, but Edith is a girl's name. And, like... He's like, but wait a minute. We need to discuss this for a minute. <laughs> like... And then they have an argument. It's not like he's being funny the whole time. It's like he literally stops and he goes, But wait a minute, I have a joke here that I have to get to.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish Marty would do that more in Back to the Future. Wait a minute, Doc. Like <laughs> you got funny hair, man. Like that's weird. And he just gives him those crazy eyes. <laughs> um, so Edith Edith Edith, he's there to give him some exposition and some run some tests calibration yeah Yeah. he's gonna sync his voice with his like to get it in normal
1: and we're wasting time too like that's the other thing about this this scene we don't need this we don't need him to sync his voice with anything we had time to play charades in this movie we're already wasting time like
2: (laughs) (laughs) do we need i would argue and i I, I wouldn't argue i would not passionately argue but it, it is edith who tells him the time bomb about f- fading away
1: oh okay yeah you're right he does he does give him that piece of information
3: but he was already worried about Thursday <laughs> like, <laughs> it's all about the I don't care if I fade away
0: but you know what that that could have been done through two other bits uh, one exposition maybe he gets sucked up into heaven and he's going to the pearly gates or something and there's the book of life and it's like okay you got it till Thursday <laughs> he's like great or Thursday is just a thing and he gradually starts fading away the closer it gets to Thursday. So he's worried that he can hang on. You don't need this other character. He is completely weird and random. It's a bad joke. And I don't understand all the ghostbustery equipment with the recalibration. I feel like that was just added in so they could make it over 60 minutes of a movie.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, I I like it because it's so stupid and like such a waste of time. Like they waste their time talking about Edith is a boy's name.
2: Yeah, they really and then, like we're supposed to be like laughing like really hard about that and slapping our knees. I feel like that would have been a bigger guffaw in 1990
0: because now it's just like say, oh, that's a girl's or that's a girl's name. And that's a boy's name. It's 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 a less acceptable now. You know, you just it's kind of like one of those subconscious things in the culture. Like you just don't go there with humor. Right.
1: It's also it's just been done so many times too like like but no but that's a, a girls a boy with a girl's name or a girl with a boy's name it's just like when you play that for a joke like yeah it's not 1990 anymore so like move on
0: yeah, yeah. this is so like I, anytime it, you see a movie yeah. where there's a character who is named who has not appeared on the screen yet like oh I've got to go meet Sam for lunch you know Sam is going to be a girl
1: <laughs> yeah
2: so uh, edith uh he says he probably won't last until Thursday, which is, you know, as we know, is a pretty big deal for Cosby because he needs till Thursday.
3: But the Cosby so- show is on Thursday nights. <laughs> I was going to say, that's the night it was on. I need to maintain my lead over the Simpsons.
2: That's what he's trying to do is just trying to subconsciously get us all to watch this guy's Thursday, Cosby, Cosby, Thursday,
3: Thursday, Thursday. Thursday.
0: <laughs> so He's a real row hypnotist that Cosby. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> that <laughs> was in the back pocket, wasn't it? I just pulled it out for you. All right. Thank you. So Cosby is sent back to his house by request. He wants to get back there because he's got to get back to work. And uh, he'll be summoned again for more tests and exposition later. You could count. We have not seen the last of Edith.
1: It is ridiculous that his, uh, his immediate concern is, but work, like, not like, let me figure out how to navigate this realm. It's like, but I got to get back to the office.
2: <laughs> and so I, I have a take on this movie. I was going to wait to the end, and I think I still will, but. Okay, we'll pin, uh, put a pin in that because I want to hear that take. Okay, thank you. So here we go. He, he tells his kids they're all going to go along with the plan of him being a real human being because he needs to continue working until Thursday because this is, we haven't really mentioned this. There's a, and cause the movie doesn't really get into it. There's a merger that's happening. And once that happens, he's going to get life insurance. He's going to get a promotion because, you know, he's going to get life insurance cause of the promotion and, uh, his family will be set. Now yeah. he can, he can die like dad, go ahead. You can fucking die. Now you it's have funny. life insurance.
1: It's interesting how like a lot of the structure of this movie is, or well, maybe not the structure, but like the basic elements of it are very similar to Click, in that like there's like a there's a merger going on. He's a he's all about work. Uh, you know, granted that movie has a mother character. You also have like the the neighbor kid who's like got all of his cool shit and he r- rubs it in their faces and stuff. And it's like, I don't know, I thought I thought of that as we we're watching.
2: Just a different hook, but yeah, and. <clears throat> Yeah. yeah similar it's just like suburban dad work, like obsessed with work what's the hook this time he's Santa Claus this time he's a ghost this time he's traveling <laughs> through time <laughs>
1: what's the high premise that we need to this time he can't tell a lie
2: <laughs> right um so he gets a call from work uh he missed the merger meeting when he died he has a pretty good <clears throat> excuse but he can't tell the boss that but at least he's able to uh he, he masters touching objects a little, like his son tells him when he gets home focused, Dad. And like that allows him to not put his hand through the phone, but to actually grab it like a human being and, and talk to his boss. And, uh, and he says, uh, if you mess the boss, it's that classic, like, if you if you mess this up, do you know what I'm going to personally do? But he just hangs up. We don't hear what he's going to do. Yeah. Well, let, let's let's step back a second.
0: All right, Barry. Barry Corbin is a character actor that I've loved since I was a kid. He's been in everything. I have never seen him do anything except what I assume is his native Southern accent. In this movie, he's doing like this weird, like pseudo-British thing. I, I don't know. I, it totally threw me off. I every time I saw him in a scene, mm-hmm. I couldn't concentrate. <laughs> like, what's going on? I want you to try
2: something a little bit different for my film. <laughs>
1: This is what I want you to do. I want you to really act. (laughs) Can you do it? Can I bring that out of you? Can
3: you act for me?
0: (coughs) Well, sure I can. How about this?
3: You don't mess up this (laughs) merger. You
1: know what? I'm checked out anyway. Let's just go.
3: (laughs) Thursdays, Cosby.
1: Thursdays, Cosby's on NBC, I think. I don't even remember. Maybe CBS.
0: No, it was NBC all the way.
1: CBS was his second Cosby show that also had Felicia Rashad in it. <laughs> NBC as in Mead
3: Bill Cosby.
1: <laughs>
3: so not before cheers. <laughs> <laughs>
2: so the oldest daughter Diane asks how he could be so irresponsible regarding leave, not leaving a nest a nest egg for them. So he this is the sad part. He tells her he cashed in the life insurance years ago to pay for the dead wife's medical bills, anything to keep her alive, and he mortgaged the house, so they don't even own the house either. They're kind of, you know, it's not the best position to be in for someone who's dead.
1: <laughs> and to his credit, he handles this moment well, like, dramatically. Yeah. Like, he does, it, it's not, like, he's he's really, like, uh, really hamming it up throughout the rest of this movie, but he actually knows when and how to pull it back and actually deliver a little bit of drama.
0: Yeah, I and agree. I think Kimberly Russell as the daughter of Diane does pretty well in this scene
2: too. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with more Ian than Jer. I think I'm pro Diane actress. I'm, I'm ah. not against her. I wish I was just
1: the whole time. I was just like, why can't she be the daughter from Lethal Weapon? Like that's what I was just like. Why can't it be her?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Giving Riggs the eyes at the table.
1: Yeah. Why can't this girl be thirsty for, uh, for? well, no, never mind. For a racist <laughs> misogynist. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's almost as problematic.
2: Yeah. Uh, at night, he can't sleep. Ghosts don't sleep. So he's like sitting on top of a lampshade when Diane comes down and sees him. And he's like,
3: ghosts don't sleep. Just go back upstairs and get some Zs.
2: That's what he says to all of his dates. <laughs> Am I right, guys?
3: Take a few Benadryl while you're up there, too.
2: (laughs) He tries to take a drink uh anytime never mind he tries to take a drink it falls through him when he like he's able to grab the glass he's like he's trying to calm down diane put her
3: mind at ease by saying we're going to stick with the plan ice cube i'm going (laughs) to go to work ice cube (laughs) (laughs) on thursday 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 promotion thursday
2: and then he like takes the drink and it just goes the punchline is it goes right through his body and she says uh we're so screwed right something like that yeah uh
0: um uh, he also did this is the scene where he's like weirdly teleporting around the room
2: yeah right he's
0: flexing a little (laughs) bit as a ghost is he doing that on purpose because i just got the feeling that it was something was just kind of happening to him it it he may have been doing it deliberately but it almost seemed like he was just casually popping from corner to corner didn't really comment on it so i don't know what the deal was
2: Hmm.
1: It's like they kind of just had to cover like they had to hit every like thing on the ghost checklist. So they were just like it, it didn't even matter like if it made sense or if it was necessary. They were just like, did we cover all of them? Nah, let's just throw this one in. Where do we have room for it? And,
2: yeah. I, and I think he is guilty. In, <laughs> in real life. <laughs> uh, so the next day at work. The kid's black guy, they show up at his work and the secretary's like, what the fuck are these kids? So we haven't seen your dad, but his kids come in and they start pulling the shades, turning off the lamps and shit.
1: This is uh, Christine Ebersole, who we uh, recently talked about on Black Sheep uh, in an unrecognizable role with these Coke bottle glasses on. Mm-hmm. Who is she
2: in Black Sheep?
1: the uh, the governor governor oh Tracy oh my
2: God wow uh, yeah, yeah. so she's the she's assistant and uh, she's wondering where the hell he is once the kids turn out all the lights he appears right next to her because he's visible in the dark and that scares her and that's like a ha moment and uh, the kids like they fuck off and he's like get the fuck out of here pick <laughs> me up later kids <laughs> and they leave and uh, she's like I thought you liked working it with all the
3: sunshine said, no you don't know me at all <laughs> <laughs>
2: No, he's like, he wants to focus on his work with the lights off. Uh, that's yeah, sure yeah. he, he does. does. And she says, I'll buy that. Anyway, he's got a lot of meetings to catch up on because he died uh, yesterday. <laughs> and he had a, a lot of meetings that day. So. Well, she starts reading off his schedule, like all of the appointments
0: that he's missed. And then it does a weird fade to black, like a oh, commercial God. break. Yeah,
2: was
1: that? It literally takes its own commercial break in the middle of it, because it knows it's going to be I, made for TV. I'm Sidney eventually...
2: Poitier for Marlboro cigarettes. <sighs> Have you ever taken a drag off of one of these babies? Smooth. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's but yeah, it's like someday this is gonna be on NBC after the Cosby show, so let's build in the break.
2: It, it, the perfect time. <laughs> like they put in the break for you. Yeah. Perfect.
1: It's like I always hate when they cut out cut out scenes from a movie, I'm gonna put in a break for them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like when he's showing like the at the screening, he like nudges the network exactly like, you can cut out this scene when you air it on for time. <laughs> <laughs> it's all of the edit parts <laughs> he uh he needs to okay this part's funny he's in his office he gets a call and the secretary <laughs> says what
1: Sorry, I'm, just, I'm thinking of the idea of like a director
0: sitting in his own movie and, you, know, look, you, can you can cut, can out, cut this it's we fine. can put
1: it on TBS
0: we don't need any of this Stop.
2: <laughs> 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 oh, that's good. uh here's the here's the funny part the secretary calls him and says oh by the way you have your uh, your life insurance physical and it has to, they say today or never so <laughs> 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 what is the place gonna close down after today
1: at the worst hospital ever, cause like, the, even, or just a general practice office, they make you do half the work. They make you send in the next patients. It's just like, yeah, send them in for me. Like, bitch, do your job. Well, conveniently for
2: Bill Cosby in real life and his character, it's lit like a fucking dungeon in every room. Yeah. Like, he's in the physical and the lights are off and the doctor's like, oh, it's quite dark in here. And he goes, leave it off. I'm a little bit shy. <laughs> Well,
1: yeah, I mean, like he clearly turned the lights off before.
2: To rewind, though, he, to show up for the appointment because it's in broad daylight, he has to dress up like the Invisible Man, or like for my Doom Patrol fans, Larry Trainer with a with a fedora, and he goes in and uh, he has a to... rascals bit. <laughs> 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 and he what? So how does it go? First, it's the heartbeat, and he, he he's like, I I think he's he Jared. He is a he's a little stinker like a, he's like an Ian he's got, his, uh, <laughs> he's got his tape recorder and it's uh, he's like Kevin McAllister with it Like he knows when to press it for the heartbeat to imitate that on the stethoscope Yep, he knows he
1: knows when the heartbeat should go in slow motion. So it sounds like an adult. This is Peter
3: McAllister the father <laughs> I'd like a hotel room, please What's What's an extra-large bed a TV bowl of, quote, Benadryl <laughs> and some nylon rope and a cab for afterwards. And a cage the you have to open wing. with the key.
2: <laughs> I think we just found out what happened to Mrs. Hooper. Um, <laughs> so uh, he plays the tape recorded heartbeat to dupe the doctor.
1: And I don't know how that's even supposed to work. Like the doctor is listening through the te- stethoscope. Like the heartbeat is not anywhere near the stethoscope.
2: It's pretty crazy, but it I works. Don't know. And then, Oh, by the way, there's this one guy at the office when he walks in, he sees, he's like the only one who seems to notice bill Cosby's do what he's up to. And, uh, he sees him walk in as like stylish mummy. And then he sees him get like later. He gets the P test. Uh, or before that, he gets the X-ray. I'm sorry, and and he grabs a fake skeleton just as the nurse is setting up, and like he uses the plastic skeleton and as as his.
1: Yeah, which doesn't, which make no sense for a for a an X-ray. It's not
0: how it would work. Yeah, I don't know how X-rays work, but would it even show up? Like it's supposed to register bone, not.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's looking for a space. Like it's yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna see it. Ugh.
2: But it works, and then he does the pee test, and, like, he he can't pee, so he goes to, like, collect urine from the old guy that suspected him when he walked in, and, like, he puts his cup, he, like, lowers it by his, like, little ding-a-ling, and he, like, loads up the pee, and and he has to be naked at this part, right? Because, like, isn't that the rule? Like, wouldn't you see clothes if he was in broad daylight and he was a ghost? Cause that's yeah, how the get getup works. Yeah. Mm.
1: That's, that's how it would work. So, so it, it has to
2: be like hollow man rules where Kevin Bacon's running <laughs> around with his dick flapping around like Bill Cosby has to be running around. Yeah. This,
1: this, this old guy, by the way, this, or older guy, this, the, I, I'm pretty sure is the same like turtley wiener from uh liar, liar who walks in on him in the bathroom, kicking his own
2: ass. He does look very familiar. I, I, I think it's the
1: same guy. Honestly, like I, I, I I think it's the same, like, it's just a character actor who, like, shows up and stuff. So we've got, like, a
2: shitty
0: dad cinematic universe. Is that it? He's part of that, uh, yeah.
2: His resume says, I'll react shocked to whatever you throw at me. (laughs) Oh, and his headshot is him looking surprised.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is going on?
2: Looks like Mitch McConnell's cousin. So, uh, okay, he gets through the physical. Afterwards, Diane's driving them home. At a light, they run into her squeeze, which is some like Vinny Chase circa 90s kid. Uh he shows up and he is quite the character. Like as far as douchebag like prospective squeezes go for like the, the daughters in these kinds of movies, this guy is perfect. Like yeah. he gets in the car and he's like, Listen, I've been talking to your friend about, you know, like you and me and she's like, What about you and me? I'm like, I don't know, maybe and she's like, Oh, you so like you like me? And Bill Cosby's in the car and he's like, Ain't this some shit? And like <laughs> This is this is the scene where I'm like her
1: this is where she's terrible. Like I, I this is where I, I hate her the most. She's like not even good at like this Ethan, you, you like me? Like how old are you, you fuck?
2: My favorite line that she has is, is right here. He well he shows her his tongue, like suggestively, like Oh uh, my god, it's our Freddy Krueger like pussy yeah. lap tongue. Yeah, goes crazy. like uh. yeah. And she goes, <laughs> Did you catch what she says? Mm-mm. Well that's attractive. Yep. <laughs> she goes <laughs> Oh that's attractive. <laughs> like sincere. <laughs> like totally sincere. Like, oh that's attractive.
1: I I was a little like I mean th- that was the one moment of the movie where I'm like, Oh man, there they're kids here, like <laughs> uh, I know.
2: When <laughs> he all like hey, check this out, I'll eat your pizza <laughs> for hours with my <laughs> tongue like this.
3: Yeah, welcome back, Connor, Am I right?
2: Vinny Barbiturate Areno.
3: Sorry. Um. (laughs) Cosby says, Enough of this shit. There's only room for one sitcom actor in this car. He starts fucking
2: struggling with him and then he throws him out of the car. He's very physical to this guy in this movie. Uh, This is one, uh, one encounter with him. So that's at home. They're yelling. Diane's yelling at seemingly nothing, like from the perspective of that. The Republican kid who lives down the street Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the glasses. And uh, he sees Diane walk in and she's talking to nobody. Walks in through the door, closes it, sees it, opens and closes again. But he can walk through doors. So I don't know why he felt the need to do it there.
1: Doesn't make much sense. But we got to tick every ghost thing on the checklist.
2: Mm -hmm. And this is when things like really like you start to get the, the Mrs. Doubtfire Bridges thing pretty soon after this
1: yeah it's like the second half of this whole movie
2: yeah and his 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 work is very tenacious they show up at his house i know i'm getting a little ahead of here
0: well yeah <clears throat> to step back for just a second she's mad at him because she says something to the effect of he's the only guy at school who pays attention to me i'm like yeah. no that that doesn't check out she's well, yeah. <laughs> she's
1: gorgeous I was going to say, she may be a shitty actress, but, like, I don't think anybody in high school is be like, I really like her acting ability. Like, no, they're like, she's a pretty girl. Like, bullshit, nobody notices her.
2: Yeah. No way. So, she just wants that Vinnie Barbarino tongue.
1: Yeah. She's the only, he's the only guy in school who will go down on me, daddy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, if only uh, that had been a couple of years ahead. Anyway. Yeah. So,
2: this, uh, I like what the son says. The magician's son. He's hanging out with the Republican kid when they walk in through the door, and the like, kid's like, "Is everything all right?" And he's just like, "She's having a mental breakdown." Like, really casual about it. <laughs> um, there's, this is like the sitcom bickering, like the back and forth between Cosby and Diane. Here, he he's you know like, "Let me live my life, Dad." Like you know over my dead body, exactly, Dad. You know. <laughs> um, he takes out the trash in this scene with the daughter, and like she carries it, like it looks that way to the 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 wiener kid. So he's starting to get a little suspicious. And uh, then the Joan, the cougar neighbor, comes and she's dolled up, and you're wondering what is she there for? The banquet is not till Thursday.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> she's there for some afternoon delight. She says it, not me, guys. I know. No, I was either.
0: It was the height of restraint that they didn't start playing that song during the scene.
2: <laughs> um, we couldn't get the right scene. I'm sorry. We just we <laughs> this is the ghost of Sidney Poitier talking.
1: Honestly, like, uh, I I would laugh in this woman's face if she was like, I, I I brought you over for a little afternoon delight. Like, if you say that to me serious, if you say that to me seriously. The words
2: afternoon delight, I'm going to I'm going to at least giggle and that's going to kill the mood. It's very embarrassing for her to approach him that way. You would you would do that to her after putting herself out there like that? No, I'm just just saying I would have fucked her.
0: Frankly, (laughs) I was going to say, all you have to do is hold that laugh in for five minutes and then you're good
1: you know what, guys? Like, I'm not so obsessed with sex that I'm going to sleep with a woman who would make such a terrible attempt at picking me up. I'm, I've am i got... I'm picky. I'm picky, you guys. Jared
2: doesn't like... He likes them when they play hard to get. And Joan is just a little too uh, forthright, you know?
1: Or she'd just be like, w- like, what, I thought we could fuck. Like, that'd be fine. Like, that's one thing. But instead, she's just like, I thought you could have a little afternoon delight, and you're not using that term ironically? Like I'm supposed to take you seriously, you dork! Like that's all you can call this woman is a dork at this point. Yeah. They uh,
2: they do. They seem quite old. Like their respective <laughs> spouses both died, so like they feel like a couple of fogies. Being like, what do you say, afternoon delight?
1: Which is really weird because earlier in the movie, you hear somebody talking about like he'll be the youngest partner. Bill Cosby's like 52 years old in this movie, in 1990. He's at least fifty-two years old. It would like he'll be the youngest president of this company. Like, like, well,
0: maybe the next oldest person is fifty-three. So you know, or fifty-four. I, I,
1: I guess, but it's just like I, I like. Did you write this movie for somebody who was like twenty-eight years old and had like a normal, like properly aged family, and then it was just like eh, I guess give it to Cosby. I was originally going to be a Corin
0: vehicle, but he was unavailable.
3: Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I Hs only fifty-six. I am young and spy! Um,
2: sorry. The cougar neighbor... She, the door gets like shut on her face because Cosby, like the littlest daughter, says, well, oh, she's at the door, and Cosby's in the middle of bickering with Diane, so he says,
3: tell her to fuck off! I'm a ghost!
2: <laughs> so she goes to the door, and like she basically closes the door on her, and, she, you know, she's all dressed up, looking to get fucked, and he's not gonna do it? She's like, ho-ho-ho! Oh, Whoa! Oh.
3: You shouldn't have made that stupid afternoon delight joke. (laughs) You can't see me anymore now. You are not on my comedy level.
2: This is when the boss and the entire merger team show up at his house to complete this deal.
3: Why
1: are there 12 people who show up to this moment? It's just like it's as if one guy it's like the boss was just like, I'm going to go to his house and tell him how I feel. And everyone there was like, oh, I got to go see this. Like and they just tagged along.
2: (laughs) He. this is like the Mrs. Doubtfire of it all. He's been like the balancing act, but it's not as well done. Yeah.
1: And it doesn't have Robert Prosky in it. So there's
2: that. (laughs) Prosky
1: files going.
2: (laughs) There's that. I took the liberty of ordering you another scotch.
1: Yeah, Bill Cosby needed to get smashed in this scene, too.
2: Yeah, he definitely not the other way around in real life. So he goes next door like an idiot. Like, this is the part I don't get. He's got the guys over. They're, like, ready to do this deal. And he thinks to go to the neighbor's place right now to patch things up. He dresses like the invisible man. The wind catches him like a like the bag in American beauty and the <laughs> across the street happens to be looking out his window at the time. And he now he's really suspicious. And, yeah, it's beautiful. And he <laughs> ends up at the Cougar's house and he, he's wasting time. Those guys are over there. And, like, he goes upstairs and she says, yeah, I was hoping, like, dude, I was hoping to fuck. And, like, your daughter slams the daughter in my face. What's up with that? And so she's like, are you shy? You don't think you can perform? And That's when she, like, starts, like, grabbing his dick. And he's like,
3: whoa, well, I don't know about this. whoa, oh, oh,
1: whoa, oh, oh. whoa. And then and Sidney Poitier has completely given up at this point. He's like, I don't just do some Bill Cosby faces. I don't even care anymore.
3: Like, oh,
2: I don't really remember, like, you'd think I would, you know, but she seduces him, and then, like, does do they successfully pull it off, or does he just leave? I got the feeling that they consummated
0: the moment, um, okay. because it doesn't come up again. She wasn't like, oh, it's it happens to everybody or something like that. It just, he kind of sneaks back in. I don't know how long he was gone.
1: How do you fuck a ghost? I don't care that he can hold a phone. How does she get that in him? In her, I mean.
2: <laughs> I like. Another thing is, like, people, the kids are pretty lax about hearing that he's a ghost. Like, they're actually excited to hear it because they win charades by guessing that he's a ghost earlier in the movie, okay? Then, the. Just like. I think of clerks when uh, she fucks the dead guy and she has to go to like a mental institution Joan is pretty cool with learning that she seduced a ghost after finding out he's been dead for some time but hey Uh, it's different because he's a ghost uh, and that was a dead body Uh, (laughs) I guess that's the difference but um, Um, do you think it comes ectoplasm is that how that works I think it is. If we if we've learned anything from uh, most ghost like porn and I watch a lot of ghost porn, <laughs> it's ectoplasm is ghost semen. You guys watch ghost porn? Is <laughs>
0: that is that a, is that a not subcategory? A, not anymore.
2: Speaking no? of it's there's actually on speaking of Doom Patrol, there are ghosts that like Ever since this one episode where they like the like these like these Ghostbusters who deal with like fucking ghosts, ghosts who always have sex like just throughout the mansion now in subsequent episodes are just ghosts going at it like in the hallways and stuff randomly. It's a really weird show, but anyway, uh, he he goes back after getting seduced, goes to the merger guys, gets a call from the kid, uh, the Wiener kid, and he says he I know what's going on. You're an alien. He blackmails him or tries to for fifty thousand dollars in
1: un, in small unmarked bills, which of course
2: Bill Cosby has. And then
1: he reacts in such a way that makes me think, "Are you serious? We're gonna have this? We're gonna have Bill Cosby go get fifty thousand dollars? Like that's the way, direction we're going?" For a moment there, I really thought that was what was happening.
2: No, instead he leaves the house, but not to get the money. He goes to threaten. He goes to fly up to the kid's window, and it's now dark outside, so he's totally visible. And he's floating outside his window. It's the second scariest scene in this movie. And he threatens the boy that, like, if you go to tell anybody about this, I will jam your head up your butt. Like he starts like muttering. He <clears throat> he
0: calls him a little bag of pig puke. <laughs>
3: Which... I will drug your mother in a closet and put her to sleep. Your little piece of filth, flour filth. This
0: <laughs> is the cool thing with the flashlight where he holds it up to his face and his his head disappears. I, I like that.
2: Yeah, that's it's, fine. isn't it funny how that Eddie Murphy bit has aged, though? Bill Cosby calling him out on saying the f word on stage.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, Cos needs to go leave the important meeting to threaten the kid, and he does. And it's scary. And he does the classic, and I think this is why the kid got the job. He does the cross-eyed faint. Yeah, that, uh, <laughs>
0: so
1: one cool. of
2: two. Oh <laughs> yes. boy, that's why they hired him.
1: To that do that two was of, his thing. That was his signature. Yep.
2: But it was
0: such an actor, like a young actor, cross-eyed faint. It wasn't even an attempt to be
2: natural. It, it right. bugged the crap out of me.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Back home, he goes back after threatening the kid, which was really important to do right at that moment. He goes back home; the guys have all left, and uh, the son wants to know if he can help with his magic act. But at this point, he's so pissed because he just lost the, like the big fish again, which is on him.
1: It's it's the it's so dumb. Like yeah, he snaps, and it's supposed to be like a semi-dramatic moment, but it's so dumb in the context of the fact that like you are dead and you are worth. I just lost my job.
2: <laughs> we're getting to my we're 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 getting to my <laughs> take here.
1: I almost have I like I have my own take now, but I'm waiting to, for you. It's probably the
2: same, but like anyway, we'll hear. Do you want to hear it? Uh, sure. Yes. I think Ghost Dad might be the most American movie ever made because it's about a man who, despite devoting his life to his career to the point of tape recording bedtime stories for his kid, must scramble even in death to leave something behind for his family so they don't starve. Oh, and it's due to prior medical debt and it stars a known rapist. Nothing more USA than this movie, unless the main character was (laughs) white and old. That's my (laughs) take on this movie.
1: Well, yeah, okay, that wasn't necessarily the the what I was thinking, but um, okay, yeah, I agree with it all.
2: <laughs> What's your what do you say?
1: I was just like I, nothing. I just feel like like this movie is almost like borderline parody of itself. Like that's that's the thing. It's like he, he's so like I don't you get that I lost my
2: job and my life, but my job. You know, it's like the fact I I watched it. And like the fact that even in death, like I said, he's taking this so serious. I was like, I started to think about our current situation, how people are not leaving anything for their families, uh, like stacking medical debt. And I'm like, this really rings true. And it's like, this is a comedy with Bill Cosby, like known rapist. I
1: guess that's one other thing that like lends itself to the idea of like, yeah, this movie could be remade as long as nobody knows that it's a remake of ghost dad. Like that's the one thing you can't do. You cannot rely on owning the ghost dad, like IP because it's so attached to bill Cosby. So it's like, you just have to take the premise and pretend like it's something else or like, just don't call it ghost dad. No,
0: here's all you do. You like with everything else nowadays, when you're remaking it, you have to switch something up. So you make it ghost mom. You get Tracy Ellis Ross, the star of Blackish. Uh, to be you the even mom. Cast it, all right. Yeah, I'm. Let's, let's write this.
1: This is this is. I mean, this really is in the same vein of Little, starring Tiffany Haddish. I, wasn't she the star of that one, or like but which one? So Little? I don't know. Little is like it's basically just Big, except it's like an adult who's like a big shot, like gets shrunk down to like you know gets de aged. Did that come and go, or is that coming out? No, it came and went. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was like, like the last, Bill Cosby of movies. It was what? like last summer or something like that. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs>
2: yeah, that almost slipped by, like yeah. Bill Cosby. Almost <laughs> slipped by. Uh, he. Oh, we should mention this. He's flickering. His that's a thing. Like it's a little time bomb thing. It's a way to remind us that he doesn't have much time, but he needs till Thursday. Oh, and, no. uh, so the next
3: Marcy
2: day. TV.
3: <laughs> the, thursday
2: cosby cosby thursday so the next day the son's gonna try something the trunk of doom it's something i guess that is it like because his dad snapped on him he wants to try something different and that was well, his plan?
1: in the moment of his dad snapping on him he was just again it's one of these stupid ass like movie or sitcom things where it's just like why is the kid so concerned about this too like it's not like, hey, dad, you're dead. Can you take a moment? It's like, dad, I really need help with my magic trick.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I really, I'm sorry, after have because this is the scariest scene, is when he snaps before he does the Trunk of Doom, Vinny Chase calls and he says, Christ. hey, put put the bitch on. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Regarding Diane and Bill Cosby loses it. And I didn't know this would, this could happen, but he climbs through the phone, climbs out of Vinny Chase's receiver and ch- chokes him.
1: Yeah, this is this is not uh, ghost rules. This is somebody conflated Freddy Krueger with with ghosts. And they were like, I I think they can do that. I think I remember reading that ghosts can travel through phones like Freddy
2: Krueger. I just can't believe the gall that like anybody would ever have to call. And the dad answers and you go, put the bitch on. (laughs) It's
1: it's it's so over the top. That's why, again, this movie is a parody of itself.
0: It reminds me, and I won't say the line because it's pretty racist, but there was a movie that came out five years after this called Higher Learning. Mm.
3: Um,
0: did you guys ever see that a John Singleton uh-huh. movie? No, uh, no. there was a like a white frat kid who was I think he had just date raped this one girl, so she calls he calls the dorm and her black roommate gets on and he yells at her and he says something like horribly racist but very similar it was like put the bitch on but you know yeah. with a with a racial expletive in there <laughs> oh i was God. like even even watching that 95 five I'm like who who says that that <laughs> there's Cruising, just no way yeah and, uh, and he gets it
2: to, 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 to singleton's credit that guy gets it the worst of all and and so does Vinny chase Barbarino. <laughs> when he climbs through that phone. But I, I guess the only reason I could think of him saying that is because he got thrown out of a car earlier, and he thinks that Diane threw him out. Mm. So he's like, that's a bitchy thing to do. So,
0: Yeah, but still, uh, the dad answers yeah. the
2: phone. There's no way you're not getting a shotgun blast to the face, <laughs> assuming he's alive. Exactly. So he's flickering. Next day, son's going to try the trunk of doom. Diane sees... Vinnie Barbarito Chase uh, at the parking lot at school, and he freaks at the sight of her because the dad made it clear not to ever go near her again. So, she calls uh, the dad to tell him something's up with uh, the son, because he's going to try something with his magic act, and like, it's kind of flimsy. She's like, something's going on. I gotta call dad.
1: He keeps talking about the Aztec tomb.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Michael, uh, cosby just can't get this fucking merger completed he goes to help his son out at the school while he's at the boardroom and he's about to lock it in he gets the call from diane and you think he's gonna blow her off because he says like you know tell her to fuck off and like they do the merger but then we cut and it's a really sad scene because the the son thinks he can do the trunk on his own he's got the he lock he gets locked in a chest He does the
1: exact same thing that Michael Scott tries to do in an episode of The Office where he tries to keep it in his mouth and use his teeth to unlock the lock. It's ridiculous. It doesn't work.
2: It's really sad, though, because he like he finally gives up and all the kids are laughing and he says, can you get the janitor? And like, yeah,
1: his delivery on that, can you get the janitor, is like so broken and so I felt so bad for this kid. That's why I was like, this kid is good.
0: <laughs> this entire scene is really well done because you really feel that like the class is kind of with him like, oh, we're going to see a magic trick. But then it just turns on a dime when the, the first sign of weakness or failure, which is so typical, of, like 13 year old. kids. Yeah. You know? And then you see him struggling in that chest. and He really wants to, to make it happen. And it just it doesn't. And when. You know, Ghost Dad pops in through the floor of the trunk. You're like, oh, this is this is sweet. And then yeah. the rest of the scene is just—it's so triumphant and fun.
2: Yeah, he lifts him up, and it looks like the chest is fucking floating. And the the teacher of the class, who like right from the get go, even before it started floating, was hesitant about the whole thing and was very in like uncomfortable. Is he from
1: Cosby? <laughs> he his face is familiar. I honestly don't know if he was like. On the Cosby show but like I I do recognize his face from something I don't know
2: he's very yeah he's like plays it pretty well he's like okay I'm gonna allow this but I'm very uh, scared and worried that I'm gonna get like in trouble myself Um, I think he was witness number six at the
0: trial if I'm not mistaken
2: that's why we oh, might know him from. Oh, yeah. that's why. Yeah. And he was the one that says, you guys got it all wrong. You know, If you had known him like I did on Ghost Dad set. And they're like, that's a conflict of interest. Get him off the jury. And that's <laughs> where it, it went wrong. He shouldn't have shared that. He should have kept that to himself and fought it out. But uh, he can't get the merger completed. He goes to help the son out of the school so he doesn't look like an idiot doing magic. But the thing is, he's doing magic. Diane just wanders into the <laughs> class to watch. She's got nothing better to do. So she just hangs out in there to see the end. And, but it is triumphant and it is a nice moment. It's probably one of the best moments of the movie to be honest. Uh, when he makes it back to work, the boss chews him out and he gets fired. And the, like, there's a bit, the bit is like there's a nice guy who's delivering the info and then there's the boss who's like fuming. It's like, it would have been really nice if he showed up for the meeting. He's like, you missed the meeting! <laughs> you missed the meeting. You know, like stuff like that.
1: That's funny. I like it. Like, these two, the two of them together are a nice comedic
2: pair. And he gets fired, but most importantly, he gets uninvited from the banquet. <laughs> and Dan is pissed. He checks out. He,
1: he says, fuck this movie. <laughs> I wanted to see soup. I wanted to see cloth napkins, not paper. I wanted black tie affair. I wanted string music. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Elegant. Maybe an ice sculpture.
2: Maybe. Oh.
1: Something on a long skewer with a frilly end.
2: And caterers who look like the cast a party down all over.
1: All of them. <laughs>
2: wearing <laughs>
1: their vests and their bow ties.
2: I just said that so we can add party down to our index of the 90 under 90 book. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so are we having fun yet? So he tells her the bad news. Uh, Joan right he's he's on his way home and joan the cougar is like she's all dialed up for the banquet she's like i thought we were going to the banquet and cosby's like we're not going to the banquet the banquet is not happening and he says is the worst day of my life i can't talk to you and he's like he like fucking goes inside and she looks great but she's like and she looks sad and i like that that always gets me in movies when like guys like blow off women who are dressed to the nines and, like, ready to go out, and they look... That always gets her He's like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> look at all the effort.
1: It's right there in
2: front of you. <laughs> exactly. They were gonna go to a banquet. They should crash the banquet. So, he tells her the bad news. He goes inside to tell the kids the bad news. Diane's like, you got fired. He's like, yeah, I got fired. And, to Joan's credit, the cougar, she storms in to chew him out. She's like, no, we're gonna have this out right now. And he has a little more flickering... For a little mm-hmm. more immediacy, and that's when Edith arrives to tell him he may not be dead. Like big news, his his body might still be alive, and uh, he's between states, Wisconsin and Ohio, uh, <laughs> Illinois. I don't know. So he's his body's alive still. His dad oh we should mention this earlier he has like a little anecdote that you don't think anything of and he's talking about birthdays because it's diane's birthday and he says when i was a kid my dad for my birthday dressed up in a bunny costume for a week straight which we're like okay and now we find out that edith tells him that uh his dad had the same gift that he had or, or ability to stay between states but he had to stay in that bunny costume just like the invisible man get up i assume so he yeah. could be visible in the daytime right
1: yeah so luckily it happened around his son's birthday otherwise he'd look like a complete fucking idiot with no excuse whatsoever but also my question as bill cosby's character would be like what the hell kind of near death experience did my dad have that put him in this bunny costume for a week
0: yeah he, he must didn't have been tell a that's for the that. that's for the ghost dad prequel, ghost yeah. ghost granddad,
2: <laughs> ghost bunny. Uh, but Ugh. like it's it's what I like about it is it's like retroactively sweet. Like you guys, if you knew you had only a few days left to live, and it was your kid's birthday in within one of those days, and you stretched it out, you would probably dress up as a bunny or or Larry Trainer from Doom Patrol 2 to uh, hang out with them.
1: Yeah. But I would not be like, I'm
3: going to get fired. (laughs) (laughs) Jack, I know it's your birthday, but I have a job that I no longer need to worry about as a dead
2: man. Seriously. And that really is like, I would say that's not the human condition because that's not the way it is in other countries. It's like the American human condition is to be that anxious about fucking losing your money and your job. But uh, Cosby calls the police. Only the cabbie was found uh, in the accident. Yeah. So they, his name was Cliff's Cliff Huxtable, I think. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, well, we got to find the body. They go to search for the body somewhere, right? They have reason yeah, to believe they, it somewhere.
1: Yeah, they think that if, if they found the cabbie's body and they didn't find his, then that means it should be near that scene of the accident, like washed ashore or something like that because they... Yeah, because they should have fished out the body with the other guy if it was with it. So then they decide that they're going to go to the river and they're like, well, let's go. Like, we can we could do this right now. Like, let's all go to the river in the in the middle of the night and
2: look for a dead body. And that fucking skate from earlier comes back to bite him in the ass or Diane because slips.
0: Now, this calls to mind a question I have with the geography of this house, because she slips at the top of the stairs but it looks like when they find the body, she's, like, landed in the kitchen. There's, like, a microwave on top of her or Like, what the <laughs> hell happened? But, like,
1: have you ever dropped something and then looked, like, eight feet away? And it's, like, how the hell did it roll all the way over there? Like, that's kind of what happened here. Her body just continued to roll. Yeah. she's Diane is a dropped grape is what she is. It's, she's nowhere near where it actually happened, but it happened.
0: Um, yeah. and she woke so, up with no recollection of what had happened which you know kind of gets into the documentary portion of this movie <laughs> anyway <laughs>
2: so, and the hits keep coming <laughs> so she ends up knocked out unconscious in the ER with some kind of brain trauma and it's a very doctor strangey scene here because Diane exits her body at the hospital and is able to talk to cosby as both ethereal ghosts and conveniently.
1: <laughs> And she's a a little too daffy in this scene too. She's just like, man, look at this stuff! Like, look what I can do!
0: Woohoo! Uh, like, it almost like she took a heel turn. Like, she I, did she yeah. become evil or something? Because yeah. it was kind of a wicked streak. Yeah. Or it,
1: it, it it's it's a little it's yeah it's a little menacing her her, her tone.
2: I got flashes of uh, Lydia from Beetlejuice if she had her way and it got to die like in like the Lost Point. Yeah. Mm. She probably been like would have reveled that same way. It's weird but she's like yeah this is great I'm a ghost he's like flying through like the walls he's like I want you to live and he's starting to flick fade fast you know it's a pretty dramatic scene and uh, I, what I like about it is if you're not really invested in the movie like me it's wrapping up pretty quickly here
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he says I want you to
2: live and she's like okay but you have to promise me you you find your body and she conveniently finds it for him in the intensive care ward and uh, there he is, you know, and and the reason that they never called the fucking family, which is the first thing I think of, like, what are they chopped liver is they labeled him as the cab driver because he left the wallet on the seat when he offered right. it to the cabbie. So they couldn't identify him. And uh, he's been laid up unconscious.
1: But here is my question. Don't they don't cab drivers have to like display their license like in the cab for the yeah so like they should have been like oh well this ain't the guy
2: and that's what's like weird they show there's a shot earlier when he's in the backseat and he's like joyriding with him before his death and they do show an insert of the id but it looked like if you pause it, it looks like it says police officer and i wrote that mm-hmm. in my notes and i didn't even want to talk about it because uh, I thought it was just confusing. I, so I, I don't
1: recall seeing that at all, but maybe it was there.
2: Yeah, Except, we'll just cut that's this It's a prop out. from another movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically, he played a cop in a different movie. He's like, I'll bring this to set. It'll be great. <laughs> so, anyway, he they make a promise, a mutual promise, to find each other's bodies, go back inside of them, and live. <laughs> and he goes back in his own body, not hers. He goes in his own. And he's in immense pain, and he tells her it's the greatest feeling in the world. And she goes back into her body just as the body is, like, flatlining. Like, she's got seconds. And she's like, (laughs) la-di-da. Like, flies right back in. And uh, gets up off the operating table and is like, well, that, that was great, guys. I feel much better. Well, see you later. And gets off the table. And like the doctors are just like dumbfounded as she runs to in the middle of the hallway reunite with Bill Cosby. And he can touch he can touch his kids again, guys. He can touch again. Aren't you glad that he can touch people again?
1: No, because he was able to fuck the neighbor, so like clearly he can touch. He can pick up a phone.
0: Right. That's true. Um well okay, a couple of things. One, when he wakes up he says, there's a terrible draft under my gown. They took my underwear off. And then he gives this really creepy like (laughs) laugh sigh. And then when Diane wakes up, she has this most 1990 reaction. She says, wow, super rad. Like she's 12 years
2: old. Super rad. Wow, that's very attractive.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why none of the boys in school noticed her. I'm sure that's, that's what it was.
2: You guys, she's a little weird. Like, she's a very she's very attractive, but she's very weird. She's a, um, she's
1: a she's she's a fucking dork, just like the neighbor who asked for a little afternoon delight.
2: Oh, I thought you were talking about the wiener Republican kid. They're gonna end up he's, together he's when a he ages people. up, and there's less of a. It's weird. The gap is less yeah. weird. It's like an Anakin Padme situation. Yep. Right. Yeah. Soon, baby. You you know, go through a few chumps, but he'll he's gonna be there. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> At the end, this is really abrupt, like a lot of 90s comedies.
1: Yeah, <laughs> the, the 90s ending. I love it.
2: Super abrupt. They end up outside of the hospital. He's They cue the music. Uh, and this is the best elevated music I've ever heard. Yeah. Goes to see the cabbie. The cabbie, he, he drops off a fare. So he's at it again. And I'm thinking, like, this is the part where they reveal he's not a human. Like, he's either a demon or an angel or something. But he goes to the cabbie confronts him and, like, he, as Satan, because remember earlier he told him he was Satan, commands him to go to hell, sit on red-hot pokers until it freezes over and wait for him there. Which, mm-hmm. basically, he just tells him to fucking kill himself, I think. <laughs> like, go kill
3: yourself,
2: motherfucker! Which is pretty badass and cold to say, because he did try to fucking murder him, you know? so. Well, that's, that, that's
0: what I think would have been a great little sight gag, as the movie wraps up and you see the family like walking down the street i think they're still in their hospital gowns and we're yeah. kind of pulling away i would just love to have seen the cab like speed off and run
2: 90 miles an hour into a wall do, that's <laughs> what i was waiting for him to do honestly and so he tells him to go to hell sit on red eye pokers and wait till it freezes over and i don't know about the freezing over part but give it a few years man and i think you'll find him there <laughs> just just wait <laughs> Uh, and then the credits run as they get into a car and they leave. And that's yeah. the end.
1: That's the best part about the 90s ending is that half the credits are gone by the before they actually fade to black. Like you see everybody hugging and making up in the background and you're like, great, we can all get our coats together before the lights actually come up.
2: What I like about this movie is you, you make no mistake as to the runtime being under 90 minutes. It, it is like an hour and 21 minutes. Twenty. Yeah, it's very short
1: yeah and it's one of these it's one like it's I have two kids now and so I have to watch these movies later in the evening so a lot of times these movies tend to like whether they're good movies or not tend to make me feel like I fall asleep I you know I feel I fall drowsy
3: Jeremy I,
1: I do feel drowsy but it's I ironically uh watching Bill Cosby in this like I I did not feel I watched the whole movie all the way through without feeling tired or without having to pause it and be like how much is left of this like it just it's brisk it keeps moving there's it's a, there's enough stupid jokes and stupid humor in this where you can kind of watch it a little bit ironically but it's almost like they put effort into that ironic humor I don't know how to describe it but like I did not hate this movie. I, I hate the I hate the player, but I don't hate the game.
2: You can, <laughs> like I said earlier, I can separate art from artists most of the time, and I can do the same with this movie. Uh, I don't. I fucking hate Bill Cosby, but this movie does no harm, really.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's like the bedroom stuff is a little like, in today's light, it's kind of like, uh, like this this whole scene plays differently than it should. Uh, you know, even though the neighbor is a full grown adult, it's still just, you know, not that he raped like a bunch of kids. Like I, that wasn't, that's not the point I'm trying to make here, but it's just like, you know, like it was a consenting adult. So, but like, still like it, it uh, it doesn't, it doesn't, you have doesn't, a problem it,
2: with ghost, uh, human, uh, relations
1: just when Bill Cosby is either party in that, uh, equation. Anyway, that is Ghost Dad from 1990, directed by Sidney Poitier, world-class actor Sidney Poitier, who just gave up completely on this movie. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and you can also follow Ian at his locations.
0: Ian? Kickseat.com. That's kicking the seat. uh, Movie reviews from The Last Guy Anyone Asks do a podcast two to three times a week. And I also have a YouTube channel. So you can look up kicking the seat on YouTube. Yay.
1: Woo. You can see that mug of his. Woo.
0: Yeah. It's, it's what everybody wants.
1: All right. Well, um, for those of you who maintained, uh, listening throughout the rest of the, the entire episode, I appreciate you guys sticking around for this highly controversial episode. And, uh, we will be back next week for, uh, something much more family friendly. And until we do, uh, I'm Jeremy Eden.
0: I'm Dan Eden. And I'm Ian Simmons.
1: That is a wrap.
3: I'm coming day and night. I mean, it's terrific, right?